All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Barabee here on this lovely 12th of July. Okay, we're very fortunate today from Arizona. Charlie, if you could unmute your phone, that'd be great. We are fortunate to have Charlie McLean as my interview this morning. Just hit star six, Charlie, and we'll be... There you are. I did. It's unmuted. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. And I got everybody else muted, so that way as they come on and... Because people come on and... Uh, and uh, and we're not having like 30, 40 on here, and then it goes on my podcast forever. But before we get started, Charlie, just tell everybody a little about yourself. And I mean, everybody in Arizona obviously knows who you are, but we also have people from California and Nevada on here. So give them an idea of who you are and what you do for the company, please. Well, I'm Charles McLean. I'm the designated broker and GM for Berkshire Hathaway here in Arizona. And that means I'm kind of responsible for about a thousand licensees here in the state for things dealing with the Department of Real Estate, with contracts, with issues with contracts, with escrows, and mediations and arbitrations. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a big job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, you, and how long have you been doing this, Charlie? You've been doing this for a while, haven't you? Well, I've got my real first estate? real estate license in 1981. Uh, started out as a real estate agent uh, working for a company called Red Carpet. I did that oh, wow. for about eight years, um, did a lot of sales, did a lot of different things uh, with it. Uh, then I purchased uh, my first office uh, for a Century 21 office in 1989, um, ran a real estate company, Century 21, for 20 years as the CEO and owner and designated broker. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And then, you know, years ago, whatever, we did this merger, and now we're, Berks now we're Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, it's been great. And now all kinds of new changes as well. So um, you've been doing this a long time, Charlie. Have you ever seen a market quite like this? Well, I've probably been through about six to seven different market adjustments. This one yeah. is pretty unique, um, comparatively speaking to the times we had when we had the 0809 collapse or when we had a time in the 1990s and the RTC uh, foreclosures and everything else. Uh, the big change, it seems like, in this one is the lack of inventory and just the COVID and the adaptations that the real estate people had to make uh, to adjust to the new ways of doing business. The interesting thing in this one, as opposed to some of the others, is there's a lot of people with a lot of cash buying properties. Mm -hmm. In Arizona, we've seen Maricopa County is rated as the highest, fastest growing county in the United States. Lots of population, lots of people coming in, um, creating a lot of tensions, a lot of lack of inventory, creating a lot of contracts that listing agents have to go through. And then on the buyer side, all of the buyers having to find some way to uh, get their buyer into a contract so they can purchase a property. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy today what they have to do. But listen, before we get into that, let's talk about where these buyers are coming from. I mean, we, we, have, we have a lot of California buyers. We have a lot of Washington, Oregon, Canada. I mean, they're coming from everywhere, aren't they? Well, they're coming from all over the United States. And uh, in addition to that, there's a lot of people moving around in the uh, markets here in Arizona as well. People that are uh, purchased properties, their prices, their homes have gone up in value. And as a result, they want to sell and then they want to purchase something else. 
Uh, couple that with the influx from California, Washington, Oregon, Midwest, uh, New York, uh, Florida, people coming from all over the country, seem to be precipitated in part by the COVID and the uh, fact that people wanted to move out of the more crowded, densely populated areas into areas like in Arizona where we spread out. We have roughly 5 million people in our, in our Valley of the Sun and it's spread now from one side to the other it takes you over probably an hour, hour and 20 minutes to drive some from one side to the other. Yeah, it, it is. It's very spacious. And I mean, you know, the other thing is, is when you, even when you land in Phoenix and if you head towards Scottsdale, everything's new. It's a new, good looking, you know, designed well area. You know, as long as you can put up with the July and August temperatures, which now I've been, I've been here for, you know, uh, 11 years now. So I'm used to them. A lot of people still complain about them. But, you know, hey, it's better than the alternative of July, yeah. August. I mean, excuse me. Well, I moved here, I'm here in 1976. There was a population in the valley less than a million people. And wow. even today you, you hear people talk about the growth and stuff. But uh, the valley or the Valley of the Sun, as we call it, is still considered a relatively new city because of the right. growth and new, new buildings and new production going on all the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's a great area. That's why so many people are moving there. It is. It's, uh, it, it seems like it's all, and Maricopa County is the number one county, but Arizona as a state and Texas are battling, and they go back and forth between, you know, uh, number one, number two, number one, number two, but even just to be up there in that area. And you know, even when I started with the company seven years ago, I tell Mark this all the time, and I tell you this too. It's the gem of the area because a lot of people, you know, I think Nevada will be next because people, some pe people realize that, you know, Nevada isn't just a strip or Las Vegas isn't just a strip. Like I live in Summerlin. You'd never know there's a strip there. I live at the base of Red Rock Canyon. Mark lives in Henderson. You know, you never know there's a strip there unless you drive, you know, for me 20 minutes, 10 minutes for him to get there. But in Arizona, you have so much to do. You're so close to everything. And... One of the things I've been hearing from buyers, uh, agents and buyers in your area and Nevada is it's just so hard to compete with those California buyers because, like you said earlier, they're coming with cash, right? Correct. There's a, there's a lot of cash flowing into the valley right now. And it's not just uh, in the 300, 400, 500,000. It's in the million and multi-million dollar properties as well, which – being Berkshire Hathaway, we do a lot of our sales in those areas. I remember looking last year at one time on a closing report that I get every day. We had seven closings all take place on the same day, all of them in multi-million dollar sales. Yeah. Yep. And Forrest tells me, like Las Vegas, same thing. We've had, I think we've had as many uh, over million dollar closings already this year as we had all of last year. And, uh, and, and way more, you know, the year before. Every year it keeps going up here, too. So it's crazy. It's crazy, right? I mean, I mean the value, even though uh, the values have climbed in Scotts, you know, Scottsdale, uh, Phoenix area, um, they're still nowhere near the price where the people are coming from, like Orange County, the Bay, even Washington, Seattle. I mean, the prices are still. And I don't know about you. What do you think? Do you think – this is my theory. Until – like right now, if you live in Orange County and you sell your home, you can go to Phoenix, you can get a lot more home, less money, less taxes, less cost of living, all that stuff. Until that is uh, 
you know, until it starts getting close to the values of California, I think people are, are going to keep coming because it's such a deal to move. What do you think about well, that? <laughs> that's absolutely true. But also you couple that with the fact that our tax base and our tax rate is so much lower than the taxes that people pay in California. And I have a lot of family and relatives in California that for uh, probably the last 30 years have complained about taxation there compared to Arizona. And sometimes a, a person from out of state will come in and you'll say, what are the taxes? You'll say, well, they're 5,000. And they're saying 5,000 a month and no, it's 5,000 a year. So, right. you know, they, they really see a huge difference when they get here. And the state income tax and all, I mean, it, it goes right down the line that a lot of people, it seems, and California's a beautiful state. I love going there. I love the state, but it's expensive. And, uh, you know, that's why I think a lot of people, if I'm a baby boomer and I've been there 35 years or whatever, and I own my house cash and it's gone from, you know, I paid 38000 that's now worth 750 900 a million, you know, you can definitely sell it there, go buy a place cash, Arizona, Nevada, and still have a lot of money left after to spend, right? Correct. All right. So, so Charlie, uh, let's put your, uh, like, You've been through several markets, just as I have, just as Mark has. I started 85, so did Mark. You've had your license since 81. So, you know, we've seen a lot of different markets. What's your take on this one? What do you think? Uh, give us some predictions. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen well, in the next year or two? One of the things that I've always said to everybody is my crystal ball is always a little hazy when you start making predictions. Because as <laughs> sure you think that you know what is going to happen, then it doesn't quite turn out that way. But... If I was to make some guesstimates of what's going on, we're still going to see this demand maybe for an, at least another uh, some 10, 12 months before it starts to balance out between supply and demand. So as long as the supply is lower than the demand, uh, it's going to be continuing to accelerate our prices. I think one of the key things that will make a difference eventually will be the Fed rates. Uh, if it stays as they predict it will in the threes, uh, up to the next year, you won't see the housing prices overwhelm people's ability to buy. Although I see and talk to a lot of people now who are frustrated uh, because they've written 8, 10, 12 offers and they still haven't got a house. Uh, one of the guys I know uh, over the weekend told me that he was in a rental. He was going to buy about a $750,000, $800,000 house. And he and his wife finally just decided, well, we can buy a townhouse for 450. That's what we're going to do for the next two years. And I think some right. of that is what people are starting to say. You know, we're just tired of being tired trying to get the property, and we're going to just do something else temporarily until we can get into the market again. Right. Yeah, and you can always uh, you can always uh, keep that property, rent it out too, or sell it later on. But yeah, I mean, their real plan, estate their is a dynamite investment right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, that is their plan. They plan to turn it into a rental after two years. Oh, cool. That's a great idea. I, I love people do that. Like even today, you know, if I'm if I'm uh, like my sphere. Last time I was in a market like this, this good. I remember. Well, there's been two of them actually that have been this good. This is my third one since I've been in the business. This good. But although this one, I think is a little better because of what you said earlier, Charlie. Yeah. There's so much cash. You know, the last, let's face it, the last craze, to, you know, when it started to get crazy, 2004, five and six, there was a lot of craziness going on. You know, um, you know uh, stated loans, uh, balance in your checkbook loans. 
you know, all kinds of things that you don't see as much or any of today. And a third of the transactions are almost are cash right now, where before uh, it was a lot of financing and inflated this. And so, you know, this time the market seems a lot more healthy, you know, when you have that much cash going on. But, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see at least 10, 12 months. It is very contingent upon the rates. And with um, them hinting and talking of inflation, you know, they can't go down with the rates when they're at zero. Well, I guess they could if you were like Italy or – but I don't think our – I don't think we're going to go to below a zero prime. So I think you're going to see them start to creep up. But I think that, uh, you know, the rates are so incredible right now that they can't go anywhere but a little up anyway. So I think uh, the market can handle that, don't you? Yeah, I, I see that, that the Fed will eventually raise the rates a little bit, which will push the – probably your home mortgage rates up a little bit, but I don't see it going. Maybe if it gets to the fours, I would be a little bit surprised if it does. Um, again, that's still an extremely low rate for, for a lot of people because when I started real estate in 1981, we were running 16 to 18% and nobody yeah. bought a house with a new loan at 16 to 18% in the average marketplace. So we had to do all kinds of magic wraps and blends and carrybacks and negative AMs and all kinds of things to help people purchase. That's not the case today. What's the big difference between that five, six, and seven? Everybody was using their house as a bank. And today we have a lot of people have equity in their homes. And they're putting. we see a lot more people putting 20% down if they're doing financing. So that also helps uh, keep the, the balance going uh, that people can purchase and, and not feel like they'll lose their home to being over, over emburdened with a mortgage on it. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, you know, I, and I try to tell agents all the time, you know, you have to be, you know, you, you, you can't be in denial. I hear a lot of them say, well, this market's going to change. And yeah, well, it might change. All right. But at the same time, um, you have to be equipped to deal with it reality and what it is right now so that's why you should be working with buyers you should be taking them out you should be brutally honest with them but at the same time you should spend some time trying to secure inventory get listings it's kind of important right now isn't it well we've always said that you have to list the last and i yeah. you know when i started out as a salesperson i really didn't like listings i liked buyers because i could just take a buyer out get them in a car and have them in a contract in 24 to 48 hours but i learned very quickly that the top people in the office that I was in had a lot of listings. So I went into the idea that, hey, I better adapt and get me a lot of listings, and then those listings will bring me buyers. It's much more difficult to accumulate a lot of listings now, one, because they go so fast, but at the same time, it's something you should never stop doing as a part of your business is getting listings as any, any way. That, like Mark says, the inventory is out there. Are you making the contacts? Are you making the calls? Are you making the deals with your sphere to find out where the properties are at and somebody that might be wanting to sell? Uh, my wife just listed two properties recently from past clients who've decided now's the time they want to sell. And so it, it does happen. The, the listings are coming on. In fact, last month, I think we were finally up to about 5,500 active listings in Maricopa County, which is extremely low, but it was better than the 4,200 we had the month before. Yeah, <laughs> I know, crazy. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I think we're going to see that. I, I, don't, 
I think the appreciation rate may slow down a little bit. Probably it needs to, because if it continues at this rate, it could burn out faster than we hope it would. Yeah, I think that's always a concern. You know, um, being in the business as long as we had, we used to compare ourselves a lot of times to California, and California would have these huge swings of up and down, and I have a cousin that's a developer builder out there, and they had these huge growths and spurs, and then they would drop dramatically. And we always liked in Arizona that we were kind of this moderate 5%, 3 to 5% to 7% appreciation, and it just kind of kept going along. But that is not true in, in this market. This market is way over any of that. You hear 20% market increase, and, I mean, in just months, houses will, will add thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to their value. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different market in that way, especially that how fast the appreciation is going up right now. And you yeah. know what goes up comes down. Yes, exactly. And uh, just like the stock market goes up, comes down, uh, real estate, it takes a little longer to do that. So, uh, but the secret's out, Charlie. That's the problem. The secret's out. Uh, I remember my first time to Arizona when I went there. I had never been to Phoenix until... Um, well, I've been there once before for, for a seminar, but I've never been driving around the neighborhoods. And I'm like, this is a really, and it's a different desert than Nevada too. So it's just a little different looking, which makes it nice. But um, yeah, so I, you know, the listing, I love that. that was, my first broker told me that you don't list, you won't last. I always remember that uh, saying. It's so true. So what do you see? You know, because I, I mean, the great thing about being the direct broker there and, you know, you know everybody everybody knows you what are you seeing some of the top agents do uh to list property and keep those listings coming in the door well you know i see them because i know you know agents and other companies and i watch what they do and i watch what our agents do but it's a lot of hard work i think yeah. the, the thing that people have to understand in real estate it's the easiest business in the world to make no money at and it's the hardest <laughs> business in the world to make a lot of money at and the only way you build a reputation and build that up to be a top producer and a top listing agent is you have to get out and really, really work. And it always comes down to contacts with people. You have to get out and meet people, talk to people, know people, build a sphere of influence. You have to do all of that work constantly, constantly, constantly. Being from a, a growing up as a farm kid, my dad always said, you have to get your boots up on in the morning and go to work. And I've always said that to the realtors and my friends and, and colleagues here in Arizona. You have to get up every morning and go to work. You have to put your boots on because it's not going to just come to you because you happen to be a nice guy or a nice lady or something like that. You really have to work to make yourself successful. And then once you get to that point and you have that, that revenue stream coming in from referrals and stuff, you, you don't want to take, a, take it at, that for granted either because that will go away if you don't stay in constant contact. So it's yeah. all about the contacts and staying in contact and working with people, you know, showing that you care about them more than you care about anything else is, I think, really critically important in real estate. Mm. That's a great point because, in, you know, and I always point this out in my success series. Oh, shameless plug coming, by the way, uh, which I have a one-day success series right there at the corporate office on Carolind, everybody. So if you're around, uh, we, we're starting to fill up, but I'd love to have everybody come out. And it's also going to be on Google Hangouts as well, okay? So hopefully uh, people can come by. But uh, 
You know, um, the, you know, I agree with you. It's the easiest business in the world to not make money. It's the most fun business in the world, even though it is a lot of work when you're making money. And the great thing about real estate, it's the natural equalizer. You know, like if I'm going to play, like I was watching the basketball, and I know you love basketball, Mr. Charlie, as they call you. <laughs> but I was watching the game yesterday, and I'm like, even if you're, you know, Giannis, I mean, he's 6'11", incredibly talented, but he's got, you listen to his interview, you got to work your butt off to be good at that game. And so whether you're talented or not, I mean, you have to be talented. You got to be seven, you got to be six something. You got seven feet is nice. You got to be, but you still have to work your butt off. In real estate, it doesn't matter if you're 4'11 or seven feet or what nationality or what color. If you're willing to put the work in and practice and do the things, especially with the tools we have here at Berkshire Hathaway, especially since we've upgraded them recently, all you have to do is show up and do it with the right attitude, expectation, and approach. And you can be successful in this business, can't you? Yeah, you have, you have to have a plan. And the plan has to be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. I mean, so that you know that you're doing those specific activities all the time. If you don't do that, pretty soon you look back and say, oh, wow, I, I kind of lost track of what I was doing. And you, you always have to keep that in the top of your mind that, you have to get up there and go to work. You know, it's a matter of actually being able to do something on a regular basis. We talk about the daily revenue activities, but it's absolutely true. You've got to do something every day. You've got to do something every day. You've got to have a schedule. It's got to be planned. You know, and I, I have found that the top producers, when they start, and I work with several in your office right there, too, and in the other offices in Arizona, they get to a certain point, and it almost becomes a little repetitious, a little boring. And I always tell them, that's when you know you have it down. When it becomes, because it can be frantic until you get into your groove, right? I mean, you know, there's so many different ways you can do this business. Yeah, and, and you have to decide which of those are the most productive for you. Because what one person finds that they do that is very successful them may not be what's successful for you. So you have to search when you're younger, when you're newer, finding out what kinds of things you do that produce the best results. And then you have to continually modify and adapt and adjust to the market as well as all the things. And throw that in with the fact that once you start being successful, now you have a number of escrows that you're trying to escrow it through to a closing while you continue to try to generate. We used to have an old right. saying that you always have to have your pipeline full, which means you always have to have things coming in on the front side to go into escrow while you have things going out and you can't have them coming in on the front side if you're not working to generate business so the pipeline has to remain full for you to be successful on a continuous basis yeah I you know that's one of the number one conversations I have with people is I know you have four pendings some of them I see I've had people 15 they've never had that many pendings in their life uh, and uh, you know you but you still have to keep the pipeline because the train will show up unless you continue to fill the pipeline. Such a great point. All right, Charlie. Now, I know, now, and obviously only share whatever you're comfortable, but <laughs> I know you have all kinds of stories about the market. So uh, it could be on value or whatever. What's the craziest uh, situation that you had to deal with uh, in this market as, as far as maybe pricing or value goes? Are you um, not sure quite what you're asking? Are you asking what kind of specific uh, issues that we're having crop up in this market, like um, like, we uh, see a like lot I know of, in Shirley's 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know like in Shirley's office, um, somebody was ha- had a property on the market for like it appraised at uh, 1.75 and it sold for over 2 million cash quick closing. So that's the kind of, that's, those are the, like, I know that Arizona has some pretty incredible things going on right now. Yeah, no, not a problem or something that you're uncomfortable sharing. I'm just talking about like values or prices, anything crazy like that that you've seen. Well, we're seeing a lot of uh, people paying over appraisal when they're doing financing. We're seeing a lot of waivers of appraisals. We're seeing a lot of um, language, what I call it, when I do a lot of classes going around to the branches and talk about the, the crazy market we're in and the challenges we're seeing. But we're seeing a lot of those kind of uh, issues or those kind of things that they do then turn into issues because the appraisal doesn't come in, then it's short, then they waived it. Then we get into controversy. Now is the money non-refundable? Is it not non-refundable? We're seeing a, a huge amount of, of earnest money disputes right now uh, when a deal does go south or does go out. In fact, I've got to work on one this morning where they just turned in a, a binzer that said they you know, uh, did not approve of the property, but they still want to buy it. And now we've got to try to work through all the mechanics of how do we go about doing that as buyer and seller still willing to do it. And we're also seeing a lot of people here because our temperatures are around that 110, 115 that I always talk about in the summer. People's uh, tempers get a little short in the summer and they get really <laughs> agitated quickly. And it's up to the realtors and the managers and the brokerage to how do we maintain people's calm and cool during this situation because a lot of it is irrational, a lot of it is emotional, and people are very emotional now making offers We've had them as high as 186,000 over appraisal, and how do we navigate backwards through that when it turns out that this is really a problem now? So it does yeah. complicate the issues on the on the escrow side, on the transaction side, because there's so many things we're doing now that probably are less than prudent um, if mm. you were to say that. But at the same time, because of the lack of inventory, people want and they get emotional and they decide they want this until they don't. And then you right. have to figure out how we go through the part where they decided they don't. Yeah, I've even seen a couple, I've even heard of a couple of stories where it almost seems like, you know, there's nine offers on the property. There's 16 offers on the property. Everybody has to have it. And then when the winner gets it, they're like, oh, well, do I really want this property? It's more like a part of it's, a, part of it's the game right now, too, isn't it? Yeah, they want to win. They want to win. And, and right. I think sometimes uh, the realtors have to be very careful that they don't become embroiled in that transaction and start inputting their own um, message to it instead of letting the buyer and seller make the final decision. Yeah. That old fiduciary responsibility is uh, now more important than ever. And whenever you see a market like this, there's always, whenever there was a great market, there's always uh, challenges like you just mentioned with deposits and, and appraisals and all that stuff going on. All right, Charlie, any final words you want to leave these wonderful people today? No, I just think, you know, we have to just keep doing. I think what I always find finish with is uh, an old saying that we used to talk about a lot when I was coaching basketball is we need to be quick, but don't hurry. Because uh, when we usually have a problem, it's because we hurried. We wrote something down or we didn't finish the thought or we didn't put it together because, well, I'm sorry, Charlie, I was in a hurry. And when we get in a hurry, that's when we make mistakes that turn into big mistakes that turn into cancellations. 
So right. it's important that we're quick, you know, because we have so many offers we have to get in. We have to compete so effectively all the time. Uh, even when we get multiple offers in, we have to be quick because we want to get responses back. But when we start to hurry, that's when I see most of the issues and errors come in. And that's when somebody said, well, I know I shouldn't put a counter on page eight, but I did because I was in a hurry. Or I sent out two counters of exactly the same thing instead of using a multiple counter form because I was in a hurry. And that's what will really lead you down a path you don't want to go. So it's good to be quick, but you don't hurry. That's kind of my final say. I love it, Charlie. And just want to say thank you very much for taking your time out. We know you're a busy man there. Keep Arizona cool. <laughs> what I mean, and I don't mean the temperature. Those agents, I know you do a great job well, of doing that. That's what we strive for is for us to maintain our emotional balance all the time. And I say yeah. for the agents that we have in Arizona, that is that is the primary thing that they do really extremely well. I'm I'm very, very proud of all of the agents we have in our company down here. And I admire and respect all of the efforts that they make to keep the transactions together by staying calm, by staying under control, and by being able to help understand the mindset of the other side so that they don't uh, get caught up in the emotional turmoil that everybody's in. Yep, absolutely 100% correct. So, Charlie, thank you very much for taking your time out. Everybody else, I'll be in Arizona one day on the on Thursday. Please sign up and come for the Success Series or see it on uh, Google Meets. Thanks, Charlie. Really appreciate your time, All man. Right. Have a Thanks, Rick. Look forward to seeing you this week. Thank All you. right. See you soon. Bye. You got it. Bye-bye.